This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Daniel and joining me today are Anthony. Hello, everyone. And Shabazz. Hello, everyone. Oh, that's... Uh, I, tried, I, I tried that. to copy Anthony's cadence and just it, it the way good. he said it. The, the timbre of his voice was there. I heard it. Thank you. I heard it. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the movie podcast, of course. We're having a great week this week. I think we're all happy to be in the 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 vaccinated club. I joined you guys finally uh, a few days after Shay got his, so I'm feeling great. How are you guys feeling this week? I am uh, also. No, oh, go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, I was I was feeling great the moment I got it, um, and then after I was feeling great still, and <laughs> yeah, still great, still great. I'm not. I don't haven't grown any limbs or you know become super super powered yet but hopefully sure the next couple of weeks there's still time yeah. there's still time shay how are you feeling after your vaccine i'm feeling good i had a I had a cold for about two or three days but it wasn't anything too intense um and then after that uh i died and then i came back to life no i just just a cold. there you go just a On cold the third for a day bit. you came back just a cold for a bit you know and then uh yeah. now it's just allergies that's good. Allergy well, season this year is crazy. the worst. Yeah. I also like does it does this weather because like it's nice outside, but it's also cold. Does it that, is like because I don't I don't have allergies. Does that mess with your allergies? Oh, too? okay. I'm sorry, Mister Elitist. Here, I don't have allergies. I don't though. <laughs> so yeah, I just I'm just trying to be honest. Better than us. Allergy, Not for that reason. allergy folk. Yeah, I think I like, definitely like this. I think I think for like this year it became really warm and then it became cold so the trees started to yeah. pollinate a lot faster than normal and that's where i think me and shay have the same type of allergy it was it was when the trees bloom and pollinate and release that pollen that's where we get mm-hmm. you know all messed up um right now i think closer to the end of may we should both be okay because the trees have that's good. bloomed and hopefully the weather gets warmer here because it's yeah. pretty like chilly every day gloomy it has been i think i think we had warmer weather in march to be honest with you yeah i I agree Uh, i'm like looking outside right now and it's really sunny but it looks deceiving Mm -hmm. it does it's all deceiving it's trying to kill you out there uh today uh is a brand new episode of the movie podcast of course we have brand new episodes every single monday across your favorite podcast platforms if you want to follow us right and be part of the show make sure you follow us on instagram and twitter at the movie podcast and don't forget to leave us a review on apple Podcasts and join our discord all the information on that is in our show notes and more you already know we're on a mission to hit 200 ratings on apple Podcasts before september if you could help us out head over to our apple podcast page drop us that five stars if you like what we're doing we'd really appreciate it uh some quick announcements before we get on with the show today we have lots of reviews out on the movie podcast feed right now 
Wrath of Man is our latest one. If you want to hear our thoughts on Guy Ritchie's latest film starring Jason Statham, head over to the movie podcast feed. Uh, we also have Without Remorse, Mortal Kombat, all of our reviews and reactions for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mythic Quest, Everlight, Love and Monster, Shiva Baby, The Unholy, Godzilla vs. Kong. We're going back a full month of reviews. There's lots there, and there's lots more coming. Our giveaway has officially wrapped, so make sure if you entered our giveaway, check your DMs, see if we message you, because we want to give away this $100 iTunes card. Uh, excuse me. Uh, also... We are affiliates of our good friends at P-Link. Uh, and you may notice on social media, especially on Twitter, we use these short websites. Uh, we love using them. And if you use a podcast, um, P-Link is an essential tool to send your listeners to the right place on any device every single time. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, check out our show notes for that affiliate code. Uh, this week on the Movie Podcast feed and more, um, I was on CinemaScene this week. So CinemaScene is a show on Rogers TV hosted by friend of the show, Eric Marchin. Uh, I was on this week talking movies with him, talking summer movies. Uh, the Marvel trailer, which we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, that episode was out as of May 8th on Saturday at 6 p.m. And it's going to be airing on Rogers TV throughout the month. Uh, so if you have Rogers TV and you see my face on there, make sure you watch it. Uh, you could also check it out on the Cinema Scene website, which I'll put that show notes, uh, that link in our show notes as well. Uh, this week, we do have a review planned for A Woman in the Window, which is a new Amy Adams movie that was supposed to come out last year. Uh, but Netflix ended up picking it up. And we're going to watch it. Uh, we're going to have a review for you this week. So uh, if you're looking forward to that, make sure you check out the review. Uh, later in the show for our topic, uh, we are going to be celebrating the fifth anniversary of Uncharted 4, which is five years old as of the release of this episode so get ready for that but until then let's get into the news i hope maybe we'll see how it goes let's just let's just go with it. i'm trusting i'm trusting i'm trusting the system uh we got three uh stories on the on the docket today uh we're gonna start off with of course the marvel studio <laughs> trailer that dropped the day of our episode last week marvel loves outdating our episodes immediately as soon as they drop uh first it happened with our 100th episode as soon as we dropped it on on social they dropped the shang chi trailer and then now um, the marvel studios uh celebrates the movies this is a trailer that dropped last week we got our first look at the eternal oh, sorry at eternals we got dates for movies coming down the line and some new t- uh new titles which we'll get to in a second uh but i did want to start off with the uh the ty- the the message in this trailer so Marvel put out this trailer. This was to welcome people back to movie theaters because movie theaters are opening up again. If you live in the States and places where COVID is a lot, uh, I guess, less rampant. Um, They said, we go to escape, to get lost in a story, to feel connected, to share moments we will remember forever. What the future brings will be worth the wait see you at the movies um this was an amazing hype trailer and also just kind of emotional gut punch that um they dropped across all their socials and youtube and everything on monday um it also had like of course the theater reaction from avengers endgame was in there uh we got a first look at eternals which we'll get to in a second we also got dates for uh, movies down the road, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is going to be coming out May 5th. 
Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, February 17th, 2023. And we got new titles for Captain Marvel 2, which is now called The Marvels, which is coming out November 11th, 2022. And Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is coming out July 8th, 2022. Shay, kick us off with your first thoughts on the trailer and all of these new dates. Man, this this is a hype trailer. This got me so excited and at the same time so extremely sad that I can't go to a movie theater to watch a movie. Uh, it was this trailer and then when we go to talk about trailers later on and we talk about A Quiet Place Part 2, that trailer also is like, I need to see this movie in a theater. Um, good on Marvel for finally showing us some Eternals footage because it looks really damn good and I'm excited to see more about it. I was so surprised to see them include that that camera footage from Avengers Endgame in a theater because it's kind of like taboo in a way where it's like oh that's isn't that piracy technically uh, yeah. but uh, it was but it's hype though but it's hype it's hype, it's hype. They, exactly they knew they knew like people keep whenever that video clip goes on social yeah. it goes viral it's exactly like hundreds of thousands of retweets they know they know and uh, yeah just seeing all the names come out I hope. None of these dates get shifted, but I know they will. So this pretty much looks like what we're looking at for Phase 4. Looks like Phase 4 is going to end with Fantastic Four, which is a great way to, to end it off. Um, but I'm excited to see what really happens. It's, it's interesting we're not getting an Avengers movie for this phase, if that is the case, or if Fantastic Four is that Avengers-esque team-up film. Um, but yeah, let's, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Everything looks great. We got a couple extra scenes of Shang-Chi in there as well. So this is this is going to be a fun time at the theaters. Hopefully, fingers crossed for us in Ontario here. Anthony, how about yourself? What did you think of the trailer? Yeah, it was a, it was a great trailer. Uh, I think Marvel's or Disney's marketing team did a really good job getting people excited to go back to the theater um, and to reveal some of the footage that we've been looking for for so long, especially with the internals. Uh, we got to see a little bit of Angelina Jolie and some of the characters that were that are in that movie i know this movie is pretty much all set and done so it's just waiting to be released and it was nice to see that there you know marvel is planning for the next i want to say five six years of content for us um and you know that fantastic four reveal at the end is fantastic because i think you know the big baddie for the next for this next phase, I think is going to be Galactus. If they're going to bring in, you know, like I'm just thinking who could be the main, the one villain or entity that's going to round up all these heroes again. And he's the logical choice. But yeah, super, super, super impressed. When I, when I think of like the big baddies, like that we're going to hopefully start to see, I think we're going to see, Galactus. I think we're going to see, like, obviously, we know Jonathan Majors is going to be playing Kang the Conqueror. Yep. And, you know, if WandaVision, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, Ant Man, like, there's a lot of different time manipulation going on there. And, and Loki, too. So different. I think we, I think we'll maybe able to see Kang appear sooner than later. I don't think we're going to wait for him to maybe necessarily show up in Ant Man. I think we may see him even sooner. Um, in an earlier project or get him teased at. Um, and I would love to see Dr. Doom. Honestly, like I just want to see Dr. Doom in the, in, in the, um, in the MCU mm-hmm. as I, I want to know who's, who could play him. Um, 
Ryan Reynolds dropped a really funny like fan art, I guess, Photoshop that they did for the cast of Always Sunny as um, Fantastic Four, which looked really actually looked good. It wasn't bad. Um, I know, Shay, you mentioned that you you think you think these dates may shift around still. Do you do you anticipate right now the way uh, at least where the states are right now? Do you anticipate them moving on these dates anymore other than like a week or two? Do you see big shit? That's that's really it. Nothing, nothing too drastic. I'm not talking about, you know, Multiverse of Madness, which was meant to come out yesterday for us. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, nothing too drastic. But I, I, I do think maybe just a few weeks here or there. Um, it's just the nature of the business, I believe. That's just really how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I, I remember. Go ahead, Anthony. I was just going to say, I think that right now, the biggest focus is getting people back in the theaters and uh, getting people, you know, seated. But again, in more of a, again, I don't know what's happened. Like in the States, it's like every state is its own country, essentially, you know, they all have different rules. So, you know, certain states might have more protocol than other states. Um, so we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks when it comes to box office results. Because I think, and, and we were talking about this beforehand, I think one of the biggest um, things theaters can do at this point is lower ticket prices to bring people back to the theater um, to gain that, that traction of, hey, I want to go watch a movie again at the theater. Because again, we are a niche group of people. We, we as these film lovers are not going to just support the movie industry. It, it needs to be a whole, uh, a whole group of us. So one way of doing that would be, you know, lowering ticket prices and getting them to to come in. It's temporarily. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's possible. But I also think, uh, I think we're in a spot right now where theaters almost feel like such a, like everybody kind of misses them in a sense. So I think people would maybe be willing just to go back to the prices that they were. Again, I, I'm all for lower ticket prices, but I hope that... Um, the theaters themselves don't get shortchanged out of it because they're the ones I think that are hurting uh, the most right now for it. But I'm all for getting, uh, putting butts in seats in theaters because I think I just can't, I just can't wait to get back to that. I miss, um, I miss having that feeling. And again, this Marvel trailer really got me um, hyped for it. Uh, Our next story this week, uh, Tom Cruise getting Mission Impossible 7 back up and running, very much tied to the theater industry. Uh, This is coming from Ella Kemp of Empire. Tom Cruise has never been one to shy away from a mission, but he probably wasn't expecting to have to lead the charge to save cinema as we know it over the course of the last year. He was starring in and producing a major action movie, Mission Impossible 7, with another one, Top Gun Maverick, in post-production when the pandemic decided uh, decided the world, including, including film sets, would have to be put on hold for a while. Tom says, I've produced 30 to 40 movies. I am responsible for thousands, if not tens of thousands of jobs. Cruz tells Empire of the stakes of his job. All my friends in the industry, people that are in distribution and my crew were like, what are we going to do? I could lose my house. So I told the studio and I told the industry, we're going back. We're going to get everyone back to work. We're going to start shooting in the summer and we're going to figure out how to do it safely. Naturally, it was something of a rocky ride. It was seven days a week. It was round the clock, just dealing with a lot of high emotions with people and helping them through it, Cruz says. There was social distancing. 
There were masks. There were bubbles of crew members, one up, um, one makeup artist for every two actors, plus heads of departments staying in hotel rooms on their own, driving to set, shooting the scene, and then returning to the hotel until needed. And pods of five people ready to quarantine if any with anyone within one contracted the virus. We had to create protocols with studios and insurance companies and work on laws in each country, Crew says, of the mammoth task of convincing places, including Abu Dhabi, Norway, and Italy, to let filming go ahead while travel was mostly banned. Assuring them how we are going to film in the country, there were times when people said, it's not going to happen, and I just kept saying, it's happening. So we know a few months ago, I think this was before Christmas, there was that infamous Tom Cruise video of his on-sets uh lecture we'll call it on people not following covid protocols we know that tom cruise loves movies there was that video of him as well seeing tenet when theaters were opening last august anthony what do you think about tom cruise's insistence on making movies during the times of the pandemic and where's your head at with all the information i just threw at you um I think the biggest, you know, when when it was released that he was pretty angry with his cast and crew regarding um, breaking protocol, especially during COVID. And his lines were, you know, if you're with us, then you have to follow these rules. If not, get the hell out of here. I think I think Tom Cru- Tom really realizes the industry was hurting at that moment, and I think he took the stance of. We need to do whatever we can to support this industry as long as possible before, you know, it can come crashing down at any moment. Um, And he and his team did a pretty good job of, you know, holding the line. I know sometimes it felt very dictatorish and a lot of crew members felt that way because they were being controlled and they had no opportunity to leave or go explore or maybe connect with someone else on the crew because there were so, so many rules. It's a tough it's a tough decision but someone had to make it and I think right now it paid off because now that vaccines have been um more uh, more readily available, theaters starting to open up. I think his this kind of sets in motion that his movie would become that movie that maybe one might hit a billion dollars. Because sure. he was the one who kept everything control and made this blockbuster happen when there was no chance of making a blockbuster during a pandemic. I think uh, something that he touched on as well that you were touching on that, you know, the industry was hurting. And I think it's easy for us to look at the movie industry as millionaires or very rich people working. But the majority of the film industry are uh, like blue collar people working, you know, that's a job for them working on set, being on these crews. Like those aren't, yes, they're more, we think of them as glamorous jobs, but they are jobs for a lot of people and they're their livelihoods. Mm-hmm. Shay, how about you? Where are you with all of this? Yeah. Same as you guys. It's uh look, look, Tom is the, uh, He's the savior for the movie theaters. I know everyone wants to think Nolan was, and Nolan definitely is trying as well, and I absolutely love him. Imagine if Nolan and Tom Cruise partnered together to create one super mega force of theater-saving rogues. I'd, I'd, I'd watch that movie as well. 
I, I would be in the I would be in the theaters watching that film. Uh, no, I'm really excited. Look, Mission Impossible Seven is my most anticipated film right now. Um, I couldn't be more excited for this movie. So, and, and now knowing that Top Gun Maverick also is you know hopefully going to get its due soon, I I can't wait. I just all of this to me right now is me watching from the window. It's that meme of of Squidward watching Patrick and, <laughs> and SpongeBob just having fun outside. And I'm seeing my American brothers and sisters just going out there to the theater, posting their pics, and I'm just getting so insanely jealous. I'm I'm sitting at home and watching my movies on my TV, which are great, but some of these movies I well, actually for me, all movies I want to watch in the theater, but man, some of these movies I really need to see in the theater. So I just hope that that time comes soon for us. And I'm, I'm praying for Cineplex to finally get its due. And I hope they're not hurting too badly. I know that they just posted their quarterly results and it wasn't too great, but I'm really hoping that, you know, the people that love films, the government or just someone can just step in and help out these people so that we can watch these movies. I just, I have a question Uh, for you guys um, because I know we, we really want to get back to the theater, but I want that. My question for you is, you know, the theater industry had almost a year and a half to really refocus and restructure. Mm-hmm. Are you hoping to go back to what it was originally, what was we left it from, or do you hope to go back to something different? Because if I'm going back to what we were experiencing before, just so I can watch a movie on the big screen, I expect that this, this industry it changes and evolves to something more and better in terms of the experience that I'm getting. Uh, and I think that's what a, where a lot of people stand the line um, because we know ticket prices have been going down um, and ticket price, sorry, ticket prices have been going up, but ticket sales have been going down. Do you hope that theaters, other than maybe my, my suggestion of you know, ticket sales going down, uh, ticket prices going down. Do you hope theaters have something more to give their audience when it does go back to normal? Because I don't want to go back to Cineplex being the Cineplex that we were experiencing beforehand, because I don't think it was a great experience. Or uh, uh, again, I, I don't know what it, what it looks like in the States, but do you hope that something has changed or re, re-evolutionize the theater experience? Hmm. You know, it's it's. I think that's a great question, and I hope that um, you know when theaters do open, I, I'm curious: is it still going to be you know 25 percent capacity? Is it going to be this? Like, there's a lot of questions in my mind of logistically what it's going to like when we're back. But I hope on the side of uh, availability and I just guess convenience for us, I do hope that um, we see. Uh, you know, maybe subscription models added or different th- different options added for us to watch movies and be able to go to the theater more and like have an incentive for that. Um, I think here in Canada, you know, with scene points, the cost of movies using scene points has gone up a lot, but you don't get scene points more. You don't get any more scene points than you did before. So like it's the the, the redemption is a lot higher, but you're not also earning as much. So I hope that those type of loyalty programs that we see in the States and elsewhere kind of make their way to Canada too, especially for Cineplex, which is our largest uh, chain here in landmark and all of those. Um, I hope 
that we also get to a place with theaters that um, it seems that we're in almost like in a romantic period right now with movie theaters because we haven't gone to them for so long. Um, we see them as like these these churches. We see them as we've seen those commercials of um, you know Fast and the Furious, Steven Spielberg, you know Marvel now saying welcome back to the theaters, welcome back, like we're coming back to we're coming back home essentially. I hope that people start respecting them more too. I don't mean to sound like I'm mm-hmm. on my high horse here, but mm-hmm. I hope that when we go back to theaters, we treat them as theaters. We don't treat them as places that we're talking throughout it all. Mm-hmm. We're on our phones throughout it all, like things like that, that we treat them as uh, they should be treated. So I'm hoping a year away or over a year away for a lot of people kind of re reminds them of the magic of what it is to watch a movie there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same, same here. I, I, I remember when, Cineworld was looking to purchase Cineplex what feels like forever ago now. And there was a lot of talk about, you know, um, subscription plans and monthly plans coming in. It excited me because the scene program at, at Cineplex was one of my absolute favorites, but they made a recent change to it that now, yes, getting a ticket almost feels like such an immense goal before it would be so easy to get points. And I'm sure that probably did hurt them. I don't, I don't blame them at all, but you need to you need to keep incentivizing me to come back to the theater, and I know for me and I, you know for us actually really we'd be going back to the theater no matter what. So it's not that too big of a loss for them, but for the for the average moviegoer for the general public, they need something that says yes, come back to the theater. What that is, I don't know. I know they've tried many things. I don't think 40x is that thing because again the prices are too much. The gimmick is there as well. Um, VIP is great, but the screens aren't that great. So while you might have a great experience with, you know, the food and the atmosphere, the film watching experience might not be the best either. So there's a lot of things that they have to kind of play around with and see what works for them. Um, I think one of the first things that they should do is look at the theaters that they've purchased, like the AMC theaters, any landmark theaters or Empire theaters that they purchased. And do an overhaul. I, I personally, whenever I go to the the Winston Park or the Courtney Park theaters here in uh, the GTA, they still are an AMC on the inside through and through. You can tell that the seats are still pretty old and there's just that, that aesthetic that's not there anymore that Cineplex provides. So changing that around, I know they've slowly started to do it, but it's taking a really long time to get them to the same standard that they have there, I guess, original theaters at that's just yeah, my opinion on it no that's 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 a great um that's a great run through i think i think there's a lot of things that we all want from movie theaters um and i'm hoping that when we get to a place where they can open um they're open to feedback they're open to you know really working with the community to build a great experience for everybody and to build a place that uh build a place that of, of how we see theaters in our minds and what they, we want them to be Right. Shay, break us off with our quick updates this week. Oh, for sure. All right. So, yeah, for quick updates. So, here we got Ryan Reynolds' maximum effort signs a first look deal with Paramount. Lily James and Sebastian Stan are Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Muppets Haunted Mansion is the original Halloween special coming to Disney+. Plus. Camilla Cabello's Cinderella is acquired by Amazon Studios. Adrian Brody joins Succession Season 3 in a pivotal role. 
Hannah John Kamen cast to play Red Sonia in Millennium Reboot from director Joey Soloway. Before we really talk about anything, say uh, it. I say it. I can't. I'm. You have to. I, Daniel, I I still haven't. It's been it's been over 24 hours now, and I still don't believe that's Lily James as Pamela Anderson. Wow. And and here's if you don't know what we're talking about. Open up social media or go on Google. Just type in Lily James, Pamela Anderson. Uh, my God, like I did not know that was her. I literally so I, I got an email um, from Hulu because this is a Hulu show saying first look at Pam and Tommy Lee. And I, I looked at the picture and I thought, oh, it's Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. I'm like, cool. And then you send it to our group chat, Shay, and you're like, I don't believe this is Lily James. And I'm like, hold up. What? I li- totally looked at it, not even processing it that it was somebody else. Well, yeah, I saw Seth Rogen post the tweet saying, "Oh, here are my castmates, and here's me." And I- Seth Rogen looks like Seth Rogen, and I looked at it. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then I like looked at it closer, and I noticed it was Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee, and I was like, "Okay, so why did they just put a picture of Pamela Anderson there?" Like, I-, I didn't get it. And then I kept looking at it and looking at it, and that's I saw a little bit of Lily James. And I think this deserves the Golden Globes, the Emmys for whatever makeup artist you can possibly, because that is nuts. Yeah. Oh my spot on. God. Like it, yeah. like that, that's a Pamela just that I remember from my childhood. Yeah. Wow. Anthony, you, you saw these obviously, right? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, the photos look very similar to the actual people. We'll, I, I, I want to see what they look like actually acting as the, as the, yeah. as these characters. But then again, I don't want to watch it because Seth Rogen's in it. So I just don't <laughs> like him. Sorry, I just I just can't stand anything he makes or does or puts his what's it, puts his. What, what's up. interesting though? Yeah, but you like the boys. Though. I know, I know. Didn't you like Invincible as well? It was okay. I didn't I didn't oh, okay. watch any more of it. But I. But you like Preacher though? No, I did not like Preacher. Oh, I thought you liked Preacher. I, thought, I, I thought watched liked all Preacher. of Preacher and she wasn't in it. That's <laughs> you, you the thing. You watched it. You hate watching it. No, it got really bad at the end. And it was just like, nah, this, oh, okay. is, this is not this is awful. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, but, I, but it's interesting though. Like you want to see what they look like in person. You want to see what they're moving. When I think of Lily James, I always think of like this like Cinderella, like, quiet, like quiet, like like British woman you know what i mean like, so like seeing very reserved very proper uh and then you see her as pamela anderson who's just going to be like this crazy larger than life like canadian because she's canadian yeah, she is canadian um it's i'm i'm really excited to see what this turns into the, la- the last movie i watched um with lee james in it was the dig and she played like this proper british um archaeologist so it's like a complete 360 in terms of character for her. And I think this this shows like her, her range. Her, her range of character. Yeah. I think this will be her breakout role. Yeah. Like obviously, she's we say that, but she's obviously been in huge movies like Baby Driver, Darkest Hour, Mama uh, Mia. Cinderella, of course, Mamma Mia. But I think this will be the movie that really just kind of like makes her like explode on the scene. I want to know what Pamela Anderson thinks, because I mean Pam is still alive, obviously. So I want to know yeah. if she looked at that photo and went, I don't remember taking that picture. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so do you guys know what this uh, what this show is about? Well, I, was, I, I remember like growing up, the 
Pam and Tommy Lee's story was always just, you know, full of drugs, abuse, sex tape, and just wildness. So, so from what I can understand, it's probably going to be along those lines because Pam Anderson obviously was, was, you know, she was a very wholesome girl. She was found, I think, what a camera operator found her in the crowd of a, of a, of a sports game. And then she started getting modeling contracts and deals. We had yeah. uh, Baywatch, we had uh, Home Improvement. So, yep. And I remember when she met Tommy Lee, the drummer of, uh, oh my God, Motley Crue? No, wait. Yeah. 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 Um, it just went all downhill for her. So I'm assuming this is going to be about that that rise and fall kind of uh, show. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they weren't married for a very long time. Like, no. uh, like to be honest, like not a lot of her marriages lasted a long time. <laughs> Especially like um, those kind of Hollywood ones. Yeah, like the Hollywood marriages, right? But like, yeah, she was married for three years, and this show is basically, uh, it takes place after the the following the release of their infamous sex tape. So, yeah, we'll we should, uh, we should we'll review see the sex tape out. on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll we'll do like a in review for it when uh, when the <laughs> when the Hulu series comes out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that definitely was uh, a, a very interesting story. I wonder when this is going to come out. I wonder if it's going to make it this year or if it's going to be next year. Uh, we shall see because they just started filming a month ago. Uh, but let's get into some trailers. 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 Uh, we got not too many trailers this week. We already spoke about the Marvel Studios see you at the movies. Uh, Shay also mentioned A Quiet Place Part 2, the final trailer that we got. Uh, this week, we also got our first, or I guess another look at Stranger Things Season 4 and a new uh, Stars series starring Stephen Amell called Heels. Uh, did you guys see the Stranger Things trailer? Yes. Yep. Or teaser. What, what did you guys think of it? I'm going to get Anthony to start us off. It was a super big teaser. Um, it kind of goes back to Eleven's foundation or or. or her her life inside that uh rainbow room rainbow room yeah and it seems like there might be suggestion suggesting other people and maybe just a storyline just on that part of stranger things um learning more about the rainbow room or how these people became or how these kids were contracted into this or placed in this uh place but yeah it looked it looked it teased me. I, I'm super excited for a Stranger Things four. But yeah, I think like I, I always just it's so weird with like with timing in the pandemic because we got Stranger Things season three back in July 2019. So we're going on over two years now without a follow up. I keep hearing the cast talking about that's going to be worth the wait. Maya Hawk was saying this week it's going to be worth the wait. Everyone's excited, but have they shot this? Have they shot like season 4 yet? I know we had that uh look at um Dave Harbor. Uh David Harbor as uh uh in its uh, like in the you know like in in Russia like right. that came out so long ago right so I'm like man like th- like when is Stranger Things season season four three was in 2019 and I don't know, I don't know why it feels like it was longer like I felt like Doesn't it was like it? it felt like it was a 2018 thing because man I I have to go back and rewatch it because I don't remember much from that season um, at least before the season four comes out do you have a date for season four yet uh, I'm looking they did shoot it last year um, so it looks like. Is it this Halloween, hopefully? 
I I have a feeling it may be Halloween. I think that's a great spot for. But they've already done Stranger Things. They would have to do. Well, they did Halloween twice, right? Yeah. Did, did they? Wasn't wasn't season two in October as well? Because I thought they did summer. They did the fall, the seasons. Let's take a look and see here. Because I remember so one year they one, were dressed up as season one. Oh, sorry. Season one, sorry, was July fifteenth. Yeah. yeah. Season two was October, and then season three was July. So, uh, okay. If pattern serves, it may be October for season four. I think based on this pandemic, they kind of might have to do October. Um, I'm, I'm assuming their goal was probably July, maybe, maybe. And then obviously it didn't work out. Uh, October seems like it's a great time. It's, it's, we have a lot of things right now to catch up on in terms of movies. So in terms of TV shows, I'm okay to wait till October. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited though. Cause honestly, like it's been so long, man. So like, long. and we, I think back to our first year of the movie podcast, we had our topic of the show one week, just kind of doing our spoiler cast of, uh, of season three, which I think we generally, uh, generally liked, but also found that it had a little, a lot of shortcomings, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with, um, some of the, the new plot, characters, uh, some of the new characters. Right. So I'm hoping that in season four, um, a lot more of them get their due and I'm excited for it because I think it's one of the strongest new, I guess, franchises that we've seen the last five years. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Stranger things is turning. And they're so like all these kids are now pretty much adults. They've yeah. grown up yeah. so much and busy. They're all working, you know, especially yeah. Millie Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard. Like they're all, uh, they're all working. Uh, any other trailers that stand out to you this week? I know Anthony and I, uh, we were talking about heels earlier as well. Yeah. yeah heels looks really cool. He looks dope. Heels look, looks dope. I'm, I'm interested in a wrestling drama or a, a professional wrestling drama. So, and excellent. I love dark side of the ring and this is just on that scope on that wavelength. Right. Uh, Anthony, let us know what's coming out this week. Yeah. This week we got women in the window coming out May 14th on Netflix spiral from the book of saw, which is also coming out May 14th. And that is in theaters where permitted, uh, those who wish me dead May 14th on HBO max slash in theaters where permitted and riders of justice, which is also premiering May 14th. A lot of May 14th stuff. A lot of May 14th stuff. A lot of things that are a little bit up in the air for us in terms of when we're going to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, Spiral from the Book of Saw being, I think, the biggest one this week that we're all interested in because it's a, a very much a new take on the Saw series. And uh, we know it's going to be available for those to watch in the States, but what is it going to look like here in Canada? Do you guys, uh, Shay, what do you think? I know you just started your Saw rewatch. Do you anticipate a very late... Uh, pvod release for this or do you think uh, do you think they're going to stick to theaters only you'll watch it when you get your theaters um did did they not officially announce the pvod release i thought i heard that they did i haven't seen anything yet okay well i mean let's just say they didn't um i think it'd be a grave mistake for any studio to not include a pvod release alongside their movie america is not the only place in the world right now that is uh, is is where movies come out so to 
miss out on films in Canada. I know that Canada doesn't have the biggest population and they probably don't make a dent in the in the in the overall scheme of of global box office intake. But still, like, come on, like it's unnecessary. We don't have the opportunity to go watch these movies in theaters. Give us the opportunity to at least watch it at home. We're paying these premium prices to watch them at home anyways. Let us get that opportunity. It's just it's very straightforward. You can you can also restrict movies from being shown in different regions. So let's just say in the states you want it to be theaters only. Cool, make it theaters only. Make it a Canadian PVOD release. It's not hard. It makes total sense. At least give us the opportunity. the The thing that we're always looking for here is is choice. And by taking that away, we have no choice left. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing any PVOD release for this film. That's Shay. upsetting. That's upsetting. Yeah. I, I so think if I you think, find anything on your end, let me know. I yeah. think late PVOD for this. Like a uh, last minute thing? last minute. Because it just doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you want to make money now? Why you why would you want to make money later? Less money too. Because yeah. again, we yeah. don't know what the theaters are gonna look like when they open. They're not gonna be like hundred percent capacity. And they're not even hundred percent capacity in certain states in the States. So why not make it available? I just, I'm trying to, th- I'm no friggin' economist of sorts of, you know, business world of cinema, but why would you not? What are the cons of it? You're making more money on a release. You're giving people who can't watch it in theaters the opportunity to watch it. And then if you wait too long, you might lose the, the anticipation of watching this because, because you'll forget about it. The marketing is all there. Yeah. I'm not seeing like, I'm not even seeing really anyone talk about it. Like, which is interesting. Cause like, I think marketing aside, like I don't really see spiral. Like it's not making a huge presence right now. Like they, there are some viral tweets here and there that they're doing, but I'm not hearing like a big, no, like it, I almost forgot. It's not, it's not like in the, I think the, the, the frame of mind there, thing, the frame of mind that people are like, Oh yeah. Spirals out this week. Right. So I'm really curious to see how it does box office wise, but I really hope that we'll have a review for it this week at some point. So um, stay tuned, of course, to the movie podcast feed at the movie podcast on Instagram on tw- and at the movie podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, um, because if we'll have a review for you, we'll let you know. Um, yeah, we'll see what else is coming. Uh, Shay, what have you been watching this week? Yeah, so continuing on with my MCU rewatch of my girlfriend, we did Captain Marvel. And uh, absolutely, I enjoyed it a lot more than I watched the first time. I was never one of those people that was like, oh, Captain Marvel wasn't a good movie because he's a female, uh, which was a weird, really weird hope narrative <laughs> that came out when this movie was was in theaters. Um I do have my issues with it, but it's more in terms of a technical issues in terms of pacing and writing. Definitely. Uh, but overall, I think the movie is really great. And I think Brie Larson is so captivating as Captain Marvel. She's such a fun character and she's got great energy, very likable. So I'm when they announced the Marvels, I get really excited as well. Hopefully we get to see Monica Rambeau come back in that movie because uh, I really enjoyed her in WandaVision. Well, yeah, we do. We will. They is it officially confirmed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they announced it's... it at the uh, the Disney Investor Oh, yes, it was. You're right. You're right. It's so funny because I think Brie Larson is the worst part of Captain Marvel. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just don't think... I think she was boring as the character and she just didn't portray it as I expected her to portray or as oh. I expected Captain Marvel to be portrayed. I think Brie Larson is a, an, a meh actress. I think there's better right. out there. 
All right, all right. Well, that, that's fine. That's fine. Your, your opinion on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched uh, 22 versus Earth, which is the short film from Seoul. Uh, it was cute. Um, there wasn't really much to it. I have no idea why, what possessed me to watch The Wolverine, but I did it. There was just something that I, I kind of wanted Marvel, but I didn't want MCU because I've just been rewatching them. I finished Invincible and man, I don't know if we can kind of get into it. Can we, can we why not? Let's, let's get into it. Because I know you, it. it's, you, it's been it's been out. Yeah, he watched it too, right? Yeah, Anthony hates 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 it, so it's all good. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't finish watching it, but um, <laughs> I might after. It's so good. The ending it's was really good. so good. It it you know what this show? I absolutely love violent TV shows and like when they get really gory and stuff. But there are points in this show where it gets to the point where I'm like, oh man, is this too much now? Like the, the poor animator is making that man. Honestly, there's <laughs> things that they're drawing there that I didn't know that they could draw. I'm like, oh, that's I don't a know. tendon. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really, really amazing show. I really love the ending. I'm excited to see season two. And I think season three has been confirmed as well. So yep. that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on it as well, Daniel? Yeah, honestly, it's just uh, I just when you look at the cast of characters in the show, I think uh, the show does such a great job of making you like every single one of the characters, even the characters you don't like. Um, there's still enough that you don't like them because of who they are in the show, not because of the type of character that they are. Um, and I just think the action is incredible. I think the performances of Stephen Young and J.K. Simmons are great. Mahershala Ali is in it, too. Like, there's so many things that the show sets up for sequel for seasons to come and i just can't wait to see how the show evolves and again i think amazon's doing such a great job of giving us these shows of you know darker superhero stories that aren't just turning superheroes that we know dark they're turning they're creating these new they're bringing these superheroes from the comics who are traditionally dark and adapting them the way they were written in the comics, which I love Mm -hmm. instead of let's say turning Superman into like a dark character or all these other characters into like these darker characters. You're, you're embracing what the comics have given us in Robert Kirkman's invincible and, and all, and the boys, which was Mark Miller. um, Right. It was Mark Miller, right. Who did the boys? No, that was uh, Garth. Go. There it is. Sorry. Um, and they're adapting it how they were in the comics. And they're such damn good shows. So yeah. I can't wait for the boys to come back. Uh, there's been a lot of hype this week with uh, the boys season three saying that like season three is just has like twice the amount of blood as season one and season two combined. I'm like, oh, my God, let's 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 get it. I can't yeah. wait. I love both those shows so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And shout outs to uh, actually also just another plug for cinema scene this weekend. Robert Kirkman was actually following me on Eric's show. So uh, thank you for Eric for letting me lead into Robert Kirkman of all people. So <laughs> good luck following that at Robert. Right, right, exactly. Um, then I continued with the uh, Wrath of Man, which we have a review up for that, and we do, oh, buddy. <laughs> Give that one a listen we for sure. We do. <laughs> um, I went back and I revisited Parasite. I hadn't seen that one in a while, and it still hits. That movie still hits. It hits all the right notes. It's still a phenomenal movie, and I absolutely love it. I watched. Uh, I, I guess I mentioned I watched. I watched Saw, the first one. It's been a few years since I went back to the series, so I'm excited to kind of go back and just 
catch up on it before Spiral comes out. Uh, there was also the short film, The Force Awakens from its Snaps that I watched with you, Daniel. Uh, it was cute. Um, I usually don't look forward to these new Simpsons shorts because they, they can seem really cringy because they have no audio in them and, or no, sorry, no dialogue. Uh, and they, I just don't like the Simpsons now because they, they're not the greatest. It's not the greatest show now, but obviously in the beginning, phenomenal. I obviously love the Simpsons, uh, but I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a cute uh, little um, uh, series. And of course, Mythic Quest season two, we can talk about the first two episodes. We can talk about the first two episodes. And again, I think Apple TV plus is just truly the, uh, the unappreciated uh t- Streaming service. It's the best streaming service you're probably not subscribed to, or the one you're subscribed to and have no idea that you have it for free. I have a lot of friends who don't know that they have Apple TV Plus, and I think that is such a crime. If you have bought an Apple product, at least a Hero product, like an Apple TV, iPhone, iPad, Mac, whatever, in the last year and plus, you have Apple TV Plus for free. For a year. And I think they're still giving it to people for free. Like I had a guy hand to me. Yeah, right I had now? a guy hand to me on the road. He was just like, "Here you go, man. Here's some Apple TV Plus for you." I'm yeah. like, "Oh, okay." I, I keep getting emails every month saying, "Hey, uh, we're giving you five ninety nine back as your Apple TV membership." I'm like, "You're paying me back to nah. have the subscription service? What's going on? What is your game, Apple?" <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Mythic Quest, Ted Lasso. There's so many amazing uh, shows on Apple TV Plus, and Mythic Quest season two is just. So good. Yeah, I'm really, I, I, you know, I'm really enjoying the season so far. It's really damn funny. Um, excited to see more from it. Uh, change things up. I'm actually going to go next because uh, we have already spoken about most of the things that uh, she's mentioned. Most of the things that I watched. So Mythic Quest, of course. Uh, I started the new CNN documentary series, The History of Late Night, which gives on Sunday nights, which is really great. Uh, Three Kings. I randomly put on. This is the David O. Russell film from like what year 2000 with Mark Wahlberg, George Clooney, and um, Ice Cube. Um, so I was uh, watching that. I put on Logan Lucky as well too in Ocean's 12 just because that was in a Steven uh, Soderbergh mood. Um, and man, Ocean's 12, I just can't get into it. I'm going to watch 13 at some point this week, but I think 11 is a perfect movie, but 12 and 13, I just 12 is such a hard time. It's tough to get into. It's hard like to get 12. into. Maybe 13. Very European. Very European, yeah. It feels very. like a very much like a French film. Mm, I think, um, yeah. Uh, continue, yeah, Invincible we spoke about, Wrath of Man we spoke about, uh, episode of four of Big Shot, which is a John Stamos show on Disney+. Plus. We've been watching that. It's a really fun show if you check it out. Uh, Shay spoke about The Force Awakens from its snap. I echo his uh, sentiment on that. And uh, watching some other embargoed things, which we'll yes. have reviews for later on in the month and in June. So we cannot tuned. speak of them. We cannot speak of it. But please stay tuned to the movie podcast feed for more. Anthony, take us home on what we're watching. Yeah, so it'll be really quick. Um, I put on Captain America Civil War. I didn't finish watching Hell it. Hell yeah. Uh, but I got to, you know, the fight sequence right at the closer to the end, right at the airport. I'll finish watching it later on in the day today. Uh, put on Monster, which is a Netflix film that was picked up by Netflix. It was actually premiered at the Sundance. Uh, film festival back in 2018 and it stars uh kelvin harris jr jennifer ale uh tim blake nelson jennifer hudson jeffrey wright john david washington before he was john david washington that we know now 
<laughs> Rakeem ASAP, Rocky Mayers, and Nasser Nas Jones. And the story is about um, an honor student who is who's caught up in a murder trial and he, the film follows his journey leading up to his arrest and trial and the company of a, a legal battle that might put him into prison for the rest of his life. And the story really dives into social issues and, you know, how people portray certain criminals as monsters. That's where the, the whole story, that's where the title comes from. Because the prosecutor says, this monster killed this person and nobody really knows the story of what happened and he wasn't really a monster and the movie is very meta in a sense watching the trailer you think it's this you know you know drama uh, courtroom thriller but it tends to be it translates into more of a meta approach of artistic and stylistic cinematography that tries to tell a story but then you lose that connection of wow this this situation that this kid is going through is very very real um so if you for instance if you liked Ava DuVernay's When They See Us which is a very huge very well directed and well written movie and it is a courtroom drama and social it deals with social issues you're not going to get that from this and that's where I kind of I had issues with overall the artsy approach took away from the courtroom thriller I was expecting to experience. But I think performance-wise, very, very great experience uh, performances by Calvin Harris Jr., who was in Waves. He played the kid in Waves, if you watched oh, Waves. Okay, yeah. Uh, and Jeffrey Wright, who plays the father. Um, but I would say, you know, added to the queue, I think some people might like it. And uh, let us know what you feel in in our you know send us a little review of how you felt about it um where did you watch it anthony again netflix netflix yeah i put on season three of dark side of the ring which follows the journey of brian pillman growing up i i knew of brian pillman as a wrestler and his tragic death of a heart attack and this documentary series really painted a picture of everything leading up to that we i always known brian pillman as the the loose cannon the unhinged wrestler who always who held a gun towards stone cold steve austin in a promo and you thought oh my god is this real is this holy shit like that's Jeez. crazy it was so realistic that whole scene and it just dark side of the ring they do amazing research and they find everyone who is a part of that Brian's journey as a wrestler from his wife to kids to, you know, his football coach or strength coach, they, they do such a good job of documenting his whole career. And this episode is about an hour and 25 minutes. So it was really, really well done. And if you're interested in learning more about wrestlers and the dark side of wrestling, please put it on. It's on Crave. And then I put on the first two episodes of Jupiter Legacy, which is on Netflix, and it stars um, Josh Duhamel, who plays Utopian. He is kind of like the Superman figure of a of this universe, and the story really focuses very similar to the stories that we talk about with um, Invincible or uh, the Boys. It's this different take of 
superhero style where it's more violent but more mature. Jupiter's Legacy deals with dysfunctional family, a, a father who wasn't there during the time of his kids' needs, and they, his kids have grown apart. And there's a son who's trying to be like him, but he he's not living up to his expect expectations. The story doesn't really revolve around superhero stuff, more dialogue, more drama of like how Utopian, which is played by Dumel, got his powers and how his brothers and all the people around him got his powers. And then it kind of translates to what's happening in the real, real time because they do this back and forth, this flashback sequence of his kids not being able to deal with being superheroes and just trying to be live a normal life and it's just this juxtaposition of the two um it's an okay story right now i'm teetering on added to the queue it's not like a it's not like the boys it's it's not a must watch it's slowly building there were some really cool sequences of superheroic uh, fights but it comes off a little cartoony i also don't like utopian the character he's more of like this jesus figure who's trying to like instill like there are rules we don't kill people we do it this way we do it you have to follow the code and he has this like a long gray hair and a long gray beard which really yeah. bothers me it's very similar to what it, you it looks <laughs> you, i was gonna say it looks like if josh Mel was like stranded on a desert island but he got really buff yes it, he, so he kind of plays this character very similar to Jesus, and there's a lot of Jesus and God in this uh, series. But I'm like, man, cut what, your beard. Did, did Zack Snyder make this? No, no. It is a it's a Mark Miller production. The guy who directed yes. it and um created it is the same guy who did Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh, Bri- Stephen Knight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, he he directed a he was a showrunner on Smallville as well too back in the day right uh, later in the later seasons of Smallville and then he made Pacific Rim Uprising which we uh, Daredevil were not as well right talking about no and the first the first season of Daredevil yes that's right yeah yeah because it was supposed to be um, what's his face I don't know his face the fa- the person who oh my god give me a second oh um. I, I know who you're talking I know the name you yeah. say it, and I'll be like, yes, that's the guy. Yes, that guy. It was blah, 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 blah. Drew Goddard. That's it. Drew Goddard, be the did show Bad Times at El Royale. Yeah. And uh, World it. War Z and uh, Cloverfields and all those fun movies. Yeah. Like he wrote them. So I would say cool. add it to the queue. Maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe not. I'm like, I'll finish the season because they're all there. All the episodes are there. Yeah. But you, Anthony. You paid for it, man. Yeah, paid I paid for, for it. it. It's I don't know if it'll get a second season. Maybe, who knows? Well, we shall see and we'll definitely check it out. Thank you for uh for your review, especially of uh of Monster. I, I think that was really uh well said in depth. Let's get into our topic of the show. In 2007, a new video game franchise would come around that would change the way we think about storytelling in blockbuster video games. The studio, Naughty Dog. The game, Uncharted. Naughty Dog would go on to redefine the cinematic world of video games with each new game entry in the Uncharted series and the world of The Last of Us. 
Today, we celebrate the fifth anniversary of Uncharted 4, which is the perfect opportunity to tell you why we love this game. What is your history with Uncharted? I'm going to get Shay to start us off because as long as I've known Shay, Shay has always been um, more on the PlayStation side of things. And I know Uncharted is a series that you hold near and dear to your heart. So Shay, start us off with why you love Uncharted and then we'll kind of we'll work our way through us and then we'll start talking about Uncharted 4. But I'm going to get you to start with your history of Uncharted. Yeah, for sure. So I um, I had never played Uncharted until later into the uncharted 2 um fran- uh, into the uncharted 2 series because i it, the game never interested me the first one um i got uncharted 2 for free when i had to buy another playstation for one of my um, rooms in the house and i was like okay i'll give this game a shot i was floored i was absolutely floored by uncharted 2 i thought it was one of the best games I'd ever played, the mechanics i couldn't believe i was playing this on a playstation 3 it felt like a next generation game uh, and then shortly after Uncharted 3 came out and I immediately bought that and played the hell out of it. And then I went back to Uncharted 1 to kind of see, you know, you know where they came from. I absolutely love this series. I think Nolan North is so damn captivating as uh, Drake. And it makes me nervous for the movie that's coming out, but we'll talk about that later. And then I remember I was, I think, at E3, they announced Uncharted 4. And it was this very mysterious trailer of a map and, you know, Blackbeard. And you just kind of like, you didn't know where it was going, what was happening. And then, boom, we didn't hear anything about it for a little while. And then we just started hearing more news reports coming out about troubles at Naughty Dog and how directors were leaving and people were coming in and on. And the game was reshaping itself um, and then finally, when Uncharted 4 came out, um, I don't know what issues this game was having because this game was flawless, in my opinion. It was so absolutely groundbreaking. Um, it tied up the story so well. It was action-packed. It felt like, you know, Night Dog does this thing where you feel like you're really a part of the game because the narrative and the storytelling that they're trying to do, the way they're trying to incorporate a cinematic feel. And as movie lovers, we love the cinematic feel to get the cinematic feel into the games is such a difficult thing to do, but Nidog always excels at it. I think what's really a testament to their games is you can have someone just watch you play these Nidog based games and they'll just have an amazing time as well because they're watching along to this amazing a scenery and this amazing movie that you're kind of seeing. So uh, that's that's my uh, take on uh, Uncharted 4 and my history with it. I love it. Um, yeah, I remember. So that Uncharted 4 teaser you're talking about actually came out the night before PS4 came out. That's it. So it was the Thursday night. And it was just Sony's kind of mic drop saying, hey, you know what? You're buying a PS4. And this was in 2013, November 2013. But soon you're going to get the next Uncharted game. And unfortunately, it didn't come out for almost three years later or two and a half years later uh, because of the like the issues going on behind the scenes. Amy, Hem- Amy Henning leaving, Neil Druckmann coming on to kind of take over um, who just came off The Last of Us. But, you know, similar to you, Shay, like I wasn't at the there for uncharted one i knew it was coming out i didn't have a ps3 at the time but 
by the time Uncharted 2 was coming out, we finally bought a Blu-ray player for the house, for my family house, and that Blu-ray player was uh, PS3 Slim. So we got to PS3 Slim, we pick, I pick, and I didn't have any games on it. The agreement was, no, this is not a video game system for Daniel. This is just a Blu-ray player for the family. But the one exception that I did make was playing the Uncharted games, which included Uncharted 2 at the time, went back to play 1, um, and when 3 came out, I played that, and it, it, again, for I love Indiana Jones. These are the closest things we've come to Indiana, Indiana Jones games, and you've when you see the kind of inspirations that have taken from Uncharted, where Tomb Raider inspired Uncharted, and then Uncharted really inspired the latest Tomb Raider reboot, uh, they're such incredible games, and I think the team at Naughty Dog, we we sing their praises all the time here for The Last of Us and for all their games. But really, seeing what Uncharted Four brought to the table when it came out in 2016, five years ago, this game still looks like like you could tell me this is a PS5 game. You could tell me it's a PS6 game, and I'd believe you mm-hmm. because it looks incredible. The gameplay is so um, in depth and immersive, and you they. What Naughty Dog does so well is that these characters that you just fall in love with, with Nate, you know, you're introducing his brother, Sam, and you're going on a journey of these two brothers and you learn about where they're kind of came from and their upbringing and, and where they are now. And it's just some of the best storytelling you see. And it reminds me so much of like some of the favorite movies that you would be watching, but now you get to play it. And I think the closest that we've ever come to movies as games have been from Naughty Dog and Uncharted 4 really was something that just stuck with me and it has stayed with me in the last five years. Uh, Anthony, how about yourself? How, what's your history with Uncharted um, leading up to Uncharted 4? Yeah, so I, I remember playing Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, and I specifically remember 2 because I played 1 and I'm like, man, this is, this is crazy. This is the level of action this game is giving me and the level of of story this game is giving me right now is fantastic. But then when two came out and there was that whole, um, I think it was the train sequence when you're like at the beginning yeah. through the, tra- it's that I'm like, man, this is like a movie. This is fantastic. I've never experienced something like this in a game. Um, and then I recently just played uncharted four. So uncharted four was a game. I didn't play right when it came out. It actually took mm-hmm. me, I guess five years to play it. Um, I, I just, I, I kind of strayed away from video games and I always wanted to play it and I never purchased it. Um, and I don't know why I just, I guess I wanted to have the time to really enjoy it and didn't have the time at that point in my life. So I, I recently played it and I'm like, man, this is great story. You, you're, you're great character development. There's, situations that i didn't expect like for nate to have a brother the whole the whole idea of his parents um and just again these action sequences that make you feel like you're in a film and i think uncharted revolutionized the cinematic approach to video gaming we had metal gear which was that that i i would say the foundation of cinematic um video gaming but like uncharted like put it up a step further revolutionize that whole idea of how games are transcendence of movies now 
it's uh i think what, what always blows me away is when you look at just i think the jump from uh you know we from uncharted 3 which is a great game and again i think pushed our ps3 to the limit when it came out but that jump from even from the last of us which from when we play the last of us part two and and, and obviously uncharted 4 i think they're built on the same engine but you see the difference in and just the animation quality and the cinematics, like the, 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 the visuals of the game truly blow me away. And when I was going through Uncharted four last year and I was trying, I'm like, you know what? I'm finally going to do this platinum. I'm going to finish it. Um, so I spent a lot of time in that game last summer before, um, before last of us part two came out. Um, I, I was just, just blown away of just the small little details of like, Oh, if you step somewhere, that could cause a chain reaction of rocks to fall, fall down this hill, or the way the water interacts. And it's like these little things where you're just so blown away about the details that people think about and the details that they put into it. Um, man, it's just amazing. And then, of course, you you look at like the cast of characters in the game and you th- look at their voice actors. You know, obviously, you have Nolan North, you have Troy Baker as playing Sam, you have Richard M- uh, McGonagall as a Sully, you have Emily Rose as Elena, like you have Laura Bailey as Nadine, and Warren Cole as Rafe. Like, these are such fantastically written characters that you're just on this journey with. And like, sometimes I just find myself on YouTube just watching cinematics from the game because I'm just like so enthralled with. The, the the game itself and like the facial the motion capture and everything and everything that is involved with it um and that's why i'm kind of also just nervous as you know i don't think i've ever had a video game movie made about a franchise i love so much obviously mario's coming out later years from now i don't know when the mario game is going to come out movie's going to come out but uncharted is the first video game series that i feel like i truly truly love and that's why i'm at where i'm a little nervous about the actual film adaptation of it because Naughty Dog's kind of like, yeah, go get it, Tom Holland, but they're not involved like they are with the HBO series. Um, so where are you guys right now with the the film adaptation? I'm going to get Shay to start us off with this question. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I, I, I love Tom Holland. Don't get me wrong. I just don't see Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Um, I think he'll definitely bring a unique perspective to it. I think he's also very charming, so he has that going for him. Um, I definitely don't see Mark Wahlberg as Sully. I, and again, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> as Nathan Drake at a certain point, I didn't see either. I don't That's know. true. I don't know why he's so attached to this project. I, have, I don't get it. So, I'll be honest, I'm nervous. I remember uh, there was that short film that came out on YouTube um, I think it starred, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name, from Firefly, and he's boys with oh, James Gunn, Nathan yeah, Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Uh, not Nathan Lane. Uh, he, <laughs> Timon. He was uh, Timon. <laughs> Timon. Uh, Nathan Fillion, he, I think, did a short film with it too. And I mean, Nathan, Lane, Nathan Fillion, sorry, is so captivating and so charming. I can totally see him play Drake. But again, I get it. He's... A little bit on the older side now, so it's difficult to do that. But I'm nervous for this movie. This movie's been through production hell. It uh, it is also not made in complete partnership with PlayStation. It's kind of like you know a, a little bit of a helping hand with them. But yeah, I'm nervous. That first picture that we got looked nice, but until we see a trailer, which I'm hoping is soon, I'm gonna have to just be very skeptical. Anthony, how about yourself? 
Yeah, this is, it's a unique situation because the game is so well made and it's so cinematic and you're in control of it that you almost, you're, you're to the point asking yourself, what's the purpose of this movie? Because I'm not going to get the same experience I'm going to get from playing the game. Just, just that's, that's my take on it. You, you, can, right. you can put all the sequences that we see in an Uncharted game in a movie, but I will never be in control of it. And I just feel right. that this approach, taking an Uncharted game um, and converting it into a, a movie is great for the people who haven't played it, who haven't experienced it. And that's where I f- find that there might be huge discrepancies of what we have expectations for and what they're planning to do with this movie. Um, just, yeah, and Tom Holland doesn't feel like Nathan Drake. He doesn't come close to him. He doesn't have the, the look or the, even the height. Um, he doesn't come off as this, <laughs> this character that I'm so used to seeing. And, and it's hard to picture him as Nathan Drake. And even maybe Mark Wahlberg could yeah. be Sully if they aged him. But I think this is more of the younger version of the two characters, I believe, from, from my understanding. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little scared as well. I, I don't know where, what story they're going to take, uh, what story they're going to tell, and what they're, what they're planning on doing with the, a franchise like this. Because of the games, I would, I would say, hey, go buy a PlayStation, play the game. You'll, you'll love it more than the movie. Yeah, and I think uh, right now, especially like if you are looking for games to play on, if you have a PS5 or if you have a PS4, um, you could play the Nathan Drake collection. You could play Uncharted 4. There are so many amazing games. And I think what I love so much about these games is that um, you could tell how inspired Naughty Dog was of the movies itself that they went to go create one of their own and hopefully inspire a really great movie to come out of it. Um, some really quick facts that I want to just uh, to call out before uh, we wrap up our Uncharted 4 talk, before our final thoughts. Um, the game sold 2.7 million copies during its first week, which is an obscene amount, but that has gone on to be beaten, of course, by Spider-Man and Last of Us Part 2. And it just goes to show this escalation of how great Sony's first parties are just delivering this hit after hit on all their um, all their games. Uh, this is also the first game in the series that lets you play as a character other than Nathan Drake in single-player mode. Um, but... Uh, we also just that's because uh, we're playing as Nathan Drake's daughter. Um, and that's kind of where I wanted to wrap it up here. What did you guys think of the ending? So we get an epilogue of this game. You know, Nate kind of retires to the beach with Elena and they have their daughter who's just you kind of start the chapter and you're playing as her. You get to play as Crash. You get to play Crash Bandicoot, which is absolutely amazing. Such an awesome sequence in this game that I, I just I remember that moment when we when we first started playing it. And then you see him like, oh my god, he has a PS1. Oh my god, it's Crash Bandicoot, which is Naughty Dog's first game. And then you actually get to play Crash Bandicoot. That was such an amazing moment. But what did you guys think of uh, the ending where you get to play as Nathan Drake's uh, daughter, uh, uh, Cassie? Super I'm going to start with Shay. 
Yeah, super cute moment. Um, right when we, you know, this game was really special. Right when that moment of playing as playing Crash Bandicoot in a game was super meta and a lot of fun. And then we, the, there's so many sequences I remember from this video game. Like we talk about Madagascar as well. That's that really that first oh my God, open yeah. world moment in the Uncharted franchise. And I think as much as I've played Uncharted Four, I don't think I've still discovered all of Madagascar yet. Like it's absolutely massive. Um, it's ridiculous going through that to do the trophy. I can for imagine. It, I was like, this is too damn big. You know, we 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 talk about that sequence, and then I know that in um, uh, Uncharted: The Lost, Lost Legacy, Legacy, which was yeah. kind of like that, you know, the addition to this this which was supposed to be just DLC turned into a full game. Uh, we talk about how. You know, there was that the moment in India uh, that that they that they kind of have as well. That's very similar to Madagascar. I really enjoyed it too. Um, the ending of this game was so heartfelt. It was it was just the right amount of pulling of the heartstrings, and I absolutely loved playing as Nathan Drake's daughter and just kind of walking around a little bit. It it reminded me a lot of the ending of uh, Red Dead Redemption. The this I guess technically the second one, but it's the first one named Red Dead Redemption, where the game ends and John Marston is in the barn and something happens, and then the game switches to you playing as his son, and you can continue on the game that way. And I thought that was so cool. Of course, Red Dead is more of an open world game, so it, it it's a little different. Whereas Uncharted is more linear storytelling, but I thought that was a really sweet moment. It really kind of gave me those vibes. Yeah, and I love that you got to, um, you know, kind of go into Nate's kind of secret closet of stuff. And the picture of him and Sam, of Nate and Sam in the closet will be different depending on what hats you put on earlier on in the game. So remember that, like when you're putting on like the different, like, like the, like the different, all these different Museum hats, hats. They found. The museum hats, right. that picture will actually reflect the picture that you took, which seems like such a small thing. But when you see that detail back in a game, like it blew me away. And I absolutely just, what a special, special game. Anthony, how about you? Let's, uh, I'm going to get you to wrap us up. No, I was super surprised that he had a daughter right at the end and you were playing her. And it just, it sets that, sets that up to be, she will take the mantle of the next uncharted storylines and you would be playing her character uh, rather than playing drake and then that just again restarts this whole franchise and gives you a new version and a new look and i'm super excited to play her character in the next uncharted series i just expect that to be the evolution of the uncharted franchise yeah, you know, like I'd be all for like a game about Cassie taking over the mantle or, yeah. uh, you know, give us an, a Lost Legacy size game, which is about 10 hours long um, every couple of years, because like you could do such awesome storytelling. And I think the worlds of Uncharted have given us such great characters that, you know, we could do a game on Sam and and, and Sully or Nadine and um, any other character in, in the game and Chloe. Like we could we could do that. Um, and what about uh, this game? Go ahead. What about the storyline? What if Cassie's mom dies? Oh my God, Elena! Elena dies. It puts a rift between Nate and his daughter, and she's like, I'm, I'm going to say she's 18 at this point, and she's just like, she doesn't, she wants no part of him because he, fe- she feels he's responsible for her death, her mom's death. And she goes on and does her thing and then somehow and that's where the story kind of like breaks apart and that's that's the starting point yeah what about that 
How do you feel I about mean, that? Hey, if if anyone can do it and pull it off, it would be Naughty Dog. Uh, and I think Naughty Dog, what they do so well is that one, they give us these amazing characters. They'll give us these amazing stories. But I also think that they're not afraid to have games and characters end. You know, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. That is the end of Nathan Drake's story, um, which is interesting because like he's a video game character. They could keep making his game forever. But they value stories so much that they're like, you know what? His arc is completed. You know, we look at The Last of Us Part 2 where we love Joel, but Joel's arc in that game was completed. And as much as it hurts us, there's that that realness that they inject into their games that I think makes us appreciate them and, and connect to them so much more because these are flawed characters. These are, they make them feel like humans and then we connect to them even more. I'm so down for, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, please say it. I was just gonna say, I'm so down for a, a game with her to kind of continue forward because, you know, Sony does a phenomenal job of, of putting female leads as, as the main as the main role of the game. Uh, we just had Returnal come out, for example, which is an absolutely phenomenal yet extremely difficult game that's come yes. out. Uh, and of course, the the main lead of the game is a female. And we'd look at The Last of Us Part Two. There's so many Horizon. games. That, Horizon, exactly. So it fits completely in their wheelhouse to move forward with Uncharted and have it as the daughter because, hey, I'm down to continue telling the story. And She's a very engaging character in the few minutes that I got to play her. So I'm 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 here for it. And you know, having yeah. Nate as Sully or in a way it would be phenomenal too. Yeah. And I mean, look at Uncharted of Lost Legacy is another female led game that they just Correct, did. you're right. Right? So I mean, the sky's the limit, and I hope this isn't the end of the Uncharted franchise. I hope we see more. Um, because I'd be all for it. And um it's easy, it's easy to say why we love this game. Uh, that was this week's episode of the movie podcast. That was episode 103. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, make sure you check out us, uh, our stuff on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're following our socials. See when our next reviews are coming out. Make sure you're subscribed to the movie podcast feed on Apple podcasts. We know it looks a little bit different now. If you just recently updated your phone, uh, you could make sure you're following the page subscribe to us turn on auto download so you never miss an episode don't forget we have our our show notes our affiliate link and more um that you can check out on this episode in our show notes page our giveaway has ended but we will have more coming up so if you entered our hundred dollar itunes card giveaway check out your dms because it could be you uh this week we'll have a review of woman in the window hopefully spiral from the book of saw um Follow us on social, like I said, so you could see if we're going to, when and where we're going to drop that. Uh, that was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next. <laughs>